Hey, you are listening to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We think that you're in the right place at the right time. We believe this message is going to speak to you. It's going to encourage you. It's going to inspire you. We're so honored that you're here. Sit back, relax, enjoy. Um, I hope you guys know this by now, but we're a church that loves the Bible. We think that the Bible is the Word of God. And so every single morning that we come here together, we read a passage of Scripture. And that's no different this morning. So if you have a Bible... Uh, If you have the Bible app, it should be on there. You can follow along. We're going to be in John chapter 13. If not, it's on the screen behind me. John 13, this is Jesus speaking. And he says this. He says, my children, I will be with you only a little bit longer. You will look for me, and just as I have told the Jews, so I tell you now where I'm going, you cannot come. Jesus is saying, I'm going to a place. Y'all can't come there. But I'm not going to leave you guys empty-handed. How many guys know Jesus never leaves us empty-handed? I'm leaving, you cannot come, but I'm going to leave something with you. He says this, verse 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. It is by keeping the commandments that everyone will know. It's by coming to church that everyone will know. It's by how I speak, everyone will know. It says, by this, that we love one another, is so everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Can we clap our hands for the word of God? I'm going to share the title of our message this morning. If you're a little bit younger, it may not mean something to you, but if you're someone that like back in the day on the weekends, there was one place you were heading and that was Blockbuster. This title might speak to you a little bit more, but our title this morning is Reputation Rewind. How many of you guys know you have to always rewind the VHS before you give it back? Come on, somebody. Man, anyone excited to be here this morning? Come on, let's give a round of applause to the worship team again. Reputation, rewind. Uh, My family and I, we all have uh, memberships to the same gym, LA Fitness. Anyone uh, go to LA Fitness here in this room? Anyone else? A few of us, my family, I know you guys all go there. And uh, we've been going there for four years. It's been four years since I got my membership, and I know some of you guys are looking at me like, that's all four years is going to get you. But... (laughs) We've been going there for four years, and so the longer that we've been there, we've begun to realize that like, we kind of know everyone there. You guys have a place like that where you go there, and you've been there so much, you just know everyone, but you don't necessarily talk to them. Anyone like that? So we kind of like at our gym, like we know everyone, but we don't necessarily talk to them. And so everyone at our gym, we know them for a certain reason. And, and when we get together, like just me and my wife or my family, we kind of will talk about these people. I'll be like, yo, like, not in a bad way, but I'll just be like, yo, Chris, like, did you see that guy at the gym today? Like, he looked like the Wolverine. Like, have you seen that guy? Like, he's humongous, and like, he's always grunting before he works out, and she's like, she knows exactly who I'm talking about. Or like, I'll, I'll go, I'll go home, and I'll be talking to my family, like, hey, you guys see the dude with the blue sweatpants and the white t-shirt? Like, he was there again. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And they know exactly who I'm talking about, because like, it's funny, we go to this gym, we don't necessarily talk with everyone, but we know everyone, because people have a reputation. Right? Like, you know them for a certain reason. And uh, I know some of you guys are like, why don't you just talk to people? It's because we're shy and weird. But everyone at this gym, we, we seem to know them. And it's funny because I was thinking, like, I've been there for four years, and I know all these people for whatever reason it may be, whether they're grunting or they just wear the same thing every time they come to the gym. But um, I began to think to myself, like, you know what? If I know them, if they have a reputation, that must mean I have a reputation with them. Like, if I know them, they must know me. And so I begin to think to myself, like, what do these guys think of me when I'm walking around the gym? Like, oh, there's the brown guy again that has been here for four years but hasn't got any bigger. 
Or maybe, they're, or maybe they're just like, oh, there's the guy that's always stretching. Looks like his back's hurt again. And I just, I began to wonder, like, if, I, if, if they have a reputation, that must mean I have a reputation. And, and you see, where I want to go this morning, because I, I believe this to be true everywhere in our lives. It may not be the gym, but for some of us, it's the office. For some of us, it's school. We all have people in our lives that we look at, and we just we kind of know things about them. They have a reputation. And so what I want to see this morning is if they have a reputation, guess what? You have a reputation. And so this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to begin to answer the question, what is our reputation? And in a broader sense, when it comes to Christianity, like what do people know Christians for? What are the reputations that Christians have? And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to begin to answer this question, what is our reputation? You see, the passage that we're studying in John chapter 13 this morning, it's a passage all about reputation. Jesus is about to be crucified. This is the context of, of John chapter 13 that we just read. He's about to be crucified. He's about to be led to his death. And so what he is doing before he leaves, he is letting the disciples know something. He wants them to know that he's no longer going to be there. And so when he is gone, he wants them to carry on a legacy. In other words, he wants them to be known for something. He wants them to have a certain reputation. You see, up until that point, the reputation that the followers of Jesus had, it was strictly based on who Jesus was, because he was there. He was there in the flesh. And so the people knew whoever Jesus was and whoever his followers were, his followers pretty much just reflected who he was. They didn't really have an identity apart from Jesus. If Jesus healed, that was a reflection on the disciples. If he saved, if he loved, it was a reflection on them. But now, someone say, but now. Jesus is about to leave his disciples. And so he's not going to be there. And so there's no longer going to be this picture of what a Christian is because the Christ is no longer going to be there. And so Jesus has to make sure that when he leaves, the disciples are able to carry on his legacy. In other words, he wants them to have a reputation. And what's so interesting is I think that the words that Jesus spreads and shares with his disciples are the same words he wants to share with each and every one of us this morning. He wants us as followers, as believers, to figure out what is our reputation. What's our legacy? You see, what we need to understand in the Old Testament literature, this scene that is being set up, it's a scene that was seen quite often. What would happen is a leader, a patriarch, whoever it may be, before he left, before he died, he would bring his closest people together. He would bring his followers, he would bring his disciples. We see this with Jacob and his sons. We see this with Moses before he dies, with Joshua. It's the same scene. And so Jesus, he's acting as the people in the past. He's bringing them together. And so what they would do, they would encourage him. They would encourage the people. They would encourage their followers. And they would always, at the end of their, at the end of their discourses, they would admonish and they would extort the people to follow the law. Moses said, follow the law. Joshua said, follow the law, because it was by your following of the law that the people would know that you were a follower of God. He would say things like, if you follow it, you will be blessed. Your blessing will come in your obedience to the law. And so the disciples, specifically for those who were Jewish, as Jesus brought them together in this discourse, they would have sort of an idea of what he was doing. This is like his final farewell. And so he brings them together, and when they get to this point where Jesus is about to give them kind of that last big hurrah, they probably thought to him themselves, we know what he's going to say. He's going to say, remember to always keep the law. It is by your obedience to the law that you will be blessed and that people will know that you are my followers. That's what they thought he would say. But then Jesus says this. Again, we just saw it. He says, a new command I give you. 
love one another as I have loved you. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so Jesus switches it up. And, and, and he makes us sure that we know this because he says a new commandment. A new, I, I know what you guys think I'm going to say, but I got something new to say. I have something new. It's by this. And so here's the question I want us to ask this morning, friends, when it comes to Christians. What is the reputation that they have? What is, and if you're a Christian this morning, what is our reputation? Can I be honest, Christian brothers and sisters, if you're here this morning? We haven't always had the best reputation. When people think of us, it hasn't always been rainbows and butterflies. It hasn't always been positivity. Maybe you're here this morning, you have a history with Christians. Maybe there's someone here this morning who was actually a Christian that hurt you. It was a Christian that burnt you. It was a church. Maybe you're here, you don't, you don't have an extensive background in church, but you have an idea and you feel to yourself like, man, I know about Christians and I don't think they're that nice. Christians are hateful. Christians are this and they're that. You see, the question that I really want us to ask is our reputation, is it the same thing as the thing that Jesus commanded us to be? He said, love one another is to love one another. You see, my prayer this morning, what I want to begin to do is I want us to begin to see and I want us to put into practice the words of Jesus. And I want us to begin to act and I want us to begin to be the people that Jesus called us to be. And it sounds so simple. Love. Love one another. So this morning what I want to do, I want to give us three R's. So if you're taking notes, anyone taking notes? Because you should be, because I believe wholeheartedly the Lord is going to speak to us this morning. If the Lord's going to speak, man, I want to know what he's saying. And guess what? We made it easy. You got the Bible app, whip it out. You can take notes right in there. This morning, I want to give you three R's that we can know and understand the love of Jesus. And so again, he says this in John 13. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. You see, when it comes to this Jewish script, Right In the Old Testament, they would admonish people to follow the laws, to follow the commands. Jesus doesn't deviate that far. He's still giving them a command, but what he says is this. He says, a new command I give you. A new command is to love one another. So here's the thing. When it comes to the love that Jesus calls us to have as followers, as believers, here's the first R. This love is required. If we consider ourselves followers of Jesus, people of Jesus, to love one another is a requirement. In other words, it is non-negotiable. It's something that we cannot say no to. You see, and this for the people here, this would be something that they could not quite comprehend because they thought that Jesus was going to say, follow the commandments. And what you need to understand with the law of Moses, there's over 600 commands and there's the big 10 commandments. But Jesus breaks it down so simply. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. It's that, it's that simple. It's, 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 it's just that. And so for the Jewish people, and maybe for people, you have a history of religiosity. This can be hard for you. Because what you're saying to yourself is, wait a second, are you telling me that all I have to do is love people and therefore I fulfill all of that? Jesus says yes. You see what had happened, when, and I'm not gonna take, can I take you guys back for a bit? Can we go back? Sure. You see, there was these laws that were given by God, and these laws were not bad in of themselves. And these laws were there to meant to direct people to God and meant them to help them in their lives. But what happened was people began to follow the letter of the law, but they missed the spirit of the law. 
What that meant is they looked at these rules, these commandments, and they said to themselves, if I just follow these things, I'm going to be okay. If I just get circumcised, then I'm good. If I just don't eat unclean foods, then I'm good. If I just follow it, then I'm good. And what happened over time was the people began to miss the spirit of the law. They said, I'm not going to work on Sabbath. And they took it so far that people would literally be dying. People would have diseases and they would ignore them because I can't work on the Sabbath. You see, they missed the spirit of the law, but the letter was still there. And so Jesus is speaking to these people and what he's saying to them, he's saying, I have to change things up because they didn't get the point. So I'm gonna make it super simple for them. You want to be known. I want people to know who you are. I want you to stand out. What you're going to do is you're going to love one another. You're going to love one another. It's required. And now for some of us, maybe we're sitting here right now, and you're saying to yourself, because you have a background, you have a history in church, you're saying, it can't be that easy, pastor. That's too easy. That's too easy. Get this. The law of Christ, which we get right here, is to love. I believe this to be true. The law of Christ is actually harder for us than the law of Moses. You see, the reason that people actually creep towards religiosity and creep towards rules and regulations is because that is actually easier than it is to love. Let's see the verse again. I want to show us something. Look what it says. It says, love one another. You know what that means? What Jesus is saying? He's saying, you have to love everyone. One another, everyone. I want you to think for a second. You know that person that you, your friend group, you all talk about them, you don't like them? Jesus says, love them too. You know that person at your work, they're annoying, and you're like, are they fully there? Jesus says, love them too. You know that person that hurts you, that person that talked about you behind your back? Jesus says, love them too. And so the law of Moses, they looked at these things, and I'm going to ask, I'm going to be honest with you. Part of the law of Moses was to be circumcised on the eighth day. Babies were circumcised. And they thought they were good. They're the chosen people now. But Jesus says, man, they, they missed the whole point. And I'll ask you this question bluntly. What is harder to do, to be circumcised when you're eight days old or to forgive someone who's wronged you? What's harder? You see, what, what is harder, to avoid certain foods or to love someone that's unlovable? You see, the law of love, the law of Christ is required and is hard. It, it's, it's not that easy. And so the law of Christ can actually offend religious people. And that's what it did. The Pharisees were like, and these are the religious people. They were like, man, what are you saying? In 2019, religious people were like, you can't be telling me that it's just about love. But it is. And so there's this side of the spectrum where we say, well, that's just too easy. And then maybe you're sitting there to yourself this morning. You're saying, well, if love is the only requirement that God has for us, doesn't that mean that the whole world loves? We're on this side over here now. Because we live here in 2019 and our motto is hashtag love wins. Hashtag we love and accept everyone. It's love, love, love. So are these people actually just fulfilling the law? Like, is that what, what's happening? And I understand this. I'm not saying everyone does not. But the thing with the love that I think our world promotes and shows, it's a shallow kind of love. Let me explain that. It's shallow in this. We love people that we agree with. But as soon as people disagree with us, it's no longer love wins. It's I need to win. You don't believe me? Go on Facebook and read some comments on some posts. Go on YouTube. It's the cesspool of those comments, but I love reading them. <laughs> but what happens is this, and I'll just paint a picture in our society. It's like, man, it's 2019. We love and accept everyone. Like, that's just what we do. Hey, I'm actually a really big Justin Trudeau fan. You're an idiot. 
You know what he's doing with the pipelines? And all of a sudden, it's World War III. It's we love and accept everyone. I'm actually someone that kind of believes in traditional marriage. You are a bigot. You're the worst. You see, it's a shallow kind of love. We love people that accept us and love people that think the same way that we do. And so there's this side of the spectrum that says, don't we all love? And this side that says, I can't believe it's just love. But you see, Jesus is somewhere in the middle. He's saying, love everyone. And so what that means for this side, it's you have to love those who disagree with you. You have to love those who have different views than you, who have different preferences than you. Jesus says, love them too. And for this side, it's saying, guess what? This kind of love is actually harder than just following rules. I want, to I want you guys to think for a second. Think of that person that hurts you. Think of that person that maybe ruined something in your life. You know what the, love of, the law of Christ requires us to do? is to forgive that person. It's to say, I'm going to forgive you. You know why? Because Christ first forgave me. You see, what happened with the people, with the religious people, is they were actually able to take God out from the law completely. And they just followed it mindlessly without really ever pointing back to the Creator. But what the law of Christ does not allow us to do, it does not allow us to separate Jesus from it. Because get this, there's no way you're going to be able to forgive someone that's hurt you without Jesus. There's no way you're going to be able to love someone that's unlovable without Jesus. Because he is our example. There's no way you're going to want to serve without understanding there was a creator that first served us. We love because Jesus loved. It's a love that's required. And it's a love that says, I have to love every single person. Luke chapter 6 says this. It says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? This is Jesus speaking. It says, even sinners do that. But love those who don't love you. Love those and do good to those who are good to you. What credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. If you lend to those whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies and do good to them. Breaking that down, super simple. Jesus says it's easy to love those who love us. It's easy to love those who agree with us. It's easy to love those who live like we live. Go to our church. But Jesus says, love those who are different than you. Love those who hate you. Because he says, anyone can love those who love us. That's easy. You know what that means, friends? Practically speaking, those people that tick you off, Jesus says, love them too. I was on the hen day this week. And I must be straight up. Right before this, I got a ticket. I got caught in a speed trap. Come on, somebody. It's going to be a love offering after church. <laughs> That's a joke. Calm down. All money goes to church-related activities. <laughs> but I got, I got a ticket, and so I was, I was driving on the Hyundai home after this, and all of a sudden, this guy sped up right behind me. You guys know those people? Like, I'm in the left lane, and I'm going 109, which is still technically speeding, but I'm, I'm doing the, like, you know, the 10-over rule, and they're not going to pull me over. But I'm in this lane, and I'm going over the speed limit, and this guy comes, and he starts riding me for about, like, three seconds. I didn't even have time to see him. And then he pulls beside me, and he rolls down his window, and he's like, get the fairy tale out of this lane. And so now, the law of Christ <laughs> says you are to love that person. You are to respond with kindness. I'm going to be honest. And I'm just breaking this point down. This is for religious folks because a lot of us, we have trouble thinking that we just have to love people. Get this, the, the requirement of love is still great. The, the law of Christ requires me to respond in patience. I didn't quite respond in patience that day. I just got a ticket. 
And so if there's one thing I know to be true, if there's one thing that makes angry people more mad than anything, it's when you remain calm. And so the guy's yelling at me uh, in, through his window, and I just turned to him. I said, calm down. <laughs> and, and like some of you guys are like, oh, that was so loving. No, I didn't do it, I didn't do it out of love. Like I do it because like, I have a brother, and I know how to get under his skin. And that's, it was things like that that I would do. And so <laughs> I just said, calm down. And, and the guy, like, legitimately for the next, like, 20, like, he just kept standing beside me. He was just yelling things, yelling obscenities. And I just kept driving straight, and I'm smiling to myself. Like, I got him. <laughs> Someone pray for you, Pastor. But listen, because the law of Christ actually requires us to love. And so I want, I want to break this down practically. What that means is for those people in your life that are difficult, those situations where you just feel like you can't, this is what Jesus is saying. We're going back to reputation. He's saying, if you want people to know who I am, if you want my name to be great, you have to respond in love. And that's hard. And now, I, maybe some of you guys have a background where it's like, well, I thought that like, people would know me by how weird I am and how different I was. But Jesus is like, no, no, no. They're going to know you by how you love. And that's not always easy. That's not always easy. And I think and I believe this to be true, friends, and I want to speak to this as a church and as a people here, if you're part of this church, if you call kingdom home, I believe to be true that if we can begin to respond with love, if we can begin to actually follow the commandments of Jesus, our world, this city will be changed. This city will be changed for Jesus. You want to know why I believe that? Because I think that we live in a world that is begging for love. We live in a world that is begging and they just want it so badly. And I think that all those movements that we have are just really shadows of what Christ offers. He offers love. The world is begging for it. I was at Costco this week, the zoo that is Costco. And I was just, I was there for deodorant, one thing, which is like the worst thing at Costco because everyone's there like shopping for the apocalypse. And I'm just, get, I'm just getting my 10 pack of deodorant because it's cheap. And I'm waiting in line. And then behind me, there's this guy with literally, like, not a shopping cart, but a crate. <laughs> and and you, guys, you guys have seen those crates at Costco before, right? You're like, what do these people need? <laughs> and so even, and then there was me, and then behind that, there was a lady, and all she had was flowers. And this guy with the crate, he looked back, and he's like, is that all you have? She's like, yeah. And he's like, you can go in front of me. And I'm just sitting there, and the lady's not behind me. She ain't passing me, but. <laughs> it's a joke, because I was already... I was already paying. <laughs> but, but listen, this lady, as soon as she let that person pass, she just started thanking the guy. And she's she kind of being loud about it, like even obnoxious. But I was like, oh, it's all good. She's like, man, you're so nice. Like, you are such a gentleman. You are such a gentleman. And she would not stop. And it was such a small little thing, a little small little act of kindness, but it changed that person's day. And that's really the least that we can do. But listen to this, friends. The love that Christ calls us to have, it's a, it's a game-changing love. What could our world look like? What could St. Albert look like? What could your office look like? What could your school look like if you began to live out that command? Love one another. Like what could happen? It could change everything. It could change everything. Here's the next R I want to give you. The first one is required. It's a love that's required. The next R is this. The love that Jesus calls us to have is a real love. It's a real love. And so get this. What that means is this. When we say to ourselves, well, that's easy. All I got to do is love. Jesus says, no, no, no. You actually have to have a real love for people. We can't just say it. Like, I love everyone. 
Because here's the thing, real love and true love always requires action. It always requires action. In other words, we cannot have love without actually doing something. Galatians chapter 6 puts it like this. He says in verse 2, this is Paul, he says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. He's now breaking down practically how we love each other. How do we fulfill the law of Christ? Christ gave us the law, which is to love. How do we fulfill it? We carry each other's burdens. Listen, now I want to speak specifically for a second to our church family. If you call this place home, what Paul is saying, he's saying a church family, a believer, a family of believers, what we need to do is we need to carry each other's burdens. We need to actually care for each other. We need to actually love each other. And I know right now, and what does this look like? How do we do this? We want you, we need you to join a small group, a kingdom crew. They're on break right now. They're going to start back up in September, guns a-blazing. We want you to join one. Why? Because it is in the context of small groups that you will begin to actually live life with people. You'll begin to be able to carry each other's burdens. It's fine when you guys talk in the lobby for 35 seconds after service and before service, before you got to get to Earl's or wherever you're going. But what Jesus wants for us as believers is to actually carry each other's burdens, to actually care about each other, to actually love each other, and that can only happen in the context of small group and in the context of friendship. And friends, when we can begin to live this out, it will change everything. Anyone here this morning in the Kingdom Crew just shout for three seconds? Come on. Guess what? You don't have a crew in September? Join a crew. None of them fit your fancy? Start a crew. Because guess what? It's in those crews that life change happens and relationship happens. Because what that looks like when you have people that you can walk beside life and do life with them, they can actually carry your burdens. What that means is when you hurt, I hurt. When you're broken, I'm broken. When you're sad, I'm sad. When you win, I win. When you lose, I lose. We carry each other's burdens. Listen, I know y'all, some of you guys are going through things right now. You can't do it by yourself. And you never were meant to. And Christ actually requires you as a believer to not go through it alone and to not let others go through it alone. You need to be there for people. And now, listen to this. Some of you guys are saying to yourself, well, you know what, Pastor? That sounds great. I know we should love people. I know I should join a crew, but I'm just not one of those people. I'm not one of those who really likes to love. Because it's not in my giftedness. It's not in my skill set. I can't love. I'm going to help you out. Because this is what I believe to be true. If God requires us to love, we have to love. And if we have to love, God will give us a way to love. And so this morning, I want to give us a practical way. How do we begin to love people? Because I don't have that heart right now. Maybe you're saying, I don't have that heart for people. How do I begin to love? Super simple. And I'm going to give you guys great theological advice from romantic comedies. You heard that right. I love romantic comedies rom-coms. I'm here to confess. Judge me as you may. But I love them because they're the perfect blend of love and humor, which is like my life. But if romantic comedies have taught me anything, when it comes to loving people, all you have to do is show up. Tell me, listen to this, friends. You guys give me blank stares like you don't watch The Notebook. Come on. (laughs) This is church. We can be honest with each other. If there's one thing I've learned from romantic comedies, is you just have to show up. Who's seen this plot before? Woman is going home to see her family. She's single. 
She doesn't want to go back to her family alone, so she gets one of her friends to say, hey, can you pretend to be my fiancé for a few weeks? Anyone seen these movies before? There's like 15 of them. What happens by the end of every single movie? They fall in love, and it's beautiful, and I pull Chris a little bit closer. That's, that's the plot of every romantic comedy. What happens is when you show up, what happens is your heart begins to actually change. Now listen, I know there's some spiritual people here saying, I'm not going to take theological advice from a romantic comedy. Well, guess what? For those of you I knew you'd be here this morning, maybe you're listening. I brought back up just in case. In case you didn't want to take your advice from rom-coms, because I think it's really good. C.S. Lewis, one of the greatest, I think, Christian theologians of all time, one of the Christian, greatest Christian minds, he says this. He says, do not waste your time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. And as soon as we do this, we will find one of the greatest secrets. When you behave as if you love someone, you will presently come to love them. For those of you guys who are like, I'm not taking my advice from always be my maybe, whatever. <laughs> Shout out to Netflix. C.S. Lewis says, if you show up, if you begin to say, I'm going to have a heart for people. I'm going to act like I love people. I'm just going to show up. Guess what? The Lord will begin to change your heart. And so real love always requires action. It doesn't always require feeling. If you're sitting there waiting, man, like I, I'm just going to, I'm going to wait till I actually feel bad for these people. Then I'll, I'll step in. I'm going to wait till they come to me. God says, no, 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 no. Just show up. C.S. Lewis says, show up. And we will find a great, a great thing happens to our lives. We will actually begin to change. When you show up, Christ will give you a heart for people. We can actually begin to love one another. And so we go back to this, this, this question, this original question, what is our reputation as believers? Listen to this, friends. This means that you love people no matter what. And I want us to show up for our church family. I really do. But I also want us to show up and to love people that are unlovable, to love people that believe differently than us, that act differently, that behave differently. Show up. And what you will see, because maybe you're saying to yourself, like, I can't be involved with that. Christ will give you a heart for those people. That's what it requires. And so the question we're asking, what is our reputation? You see, God, I believe, wants to give us a new reputation. It's a, it's a reputation rewind. And so maybe you hear this morning, you're saying to yourself, you know what, I, I haven't really been that great at it. Jesus is giving us a rewind this morning. It's a reset. So we can begin to learn how to love. You know, there was a study that was done, and this is just so we don't feel bad. There was a study that was done by Barna, and they're one of the largest um, just that do studies, and it was within Christians specifically. And the question is asked, what is the number one thing you look for when looking for a church? And in North America, the overwhelming response was, we want to go to a church that doesn't ask anything of us. In other words, we want to go to a church where we can sit up, show up, and just chill and be good, and that's it. That was, the, that was the overwhelming majority of things that people wanted when it came to church. This is Christians. And now I'm here to tell you right now, number one, when it comes to kingdom church, that is this complete opposite of what we believe. And, the, and forget kingdom church is the complete opposite of what Jesus says. Because there is no version of Christianity, there is no version of following Jesus that requires you to do nothing. There is not one. Jesus says, love one another. It is by this that you will know that people will know you are my disciples. So friends, and I'm not saying you have to serve coffee, that's how you love, but what I'm saying is if you want to be a follower of Jesus, you actually have to love people. 
You actually have to love people. And the reason we love is this. He says this in verse 34 again. He says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. You see, what this means is when it comes to Jesus, he set the example for us. He set the example. He did it first. Why do we love? Because Jesus first loved us. Why do we serve? Because Jesus first served us. Why do I sacrifice my time, my talents, my treasure? Because Jesus first sacrificed for me. He says, love one another as I have loved you. And even more so in John 15, he takes it a step further. He says, there is no greater love than this, than man or someone should lay down their life for someone else. He says, the greatest act of love, the greatest display of love is sacrifice. Is sacrifice. Friends, the reason and what Jesus was doing, Jesus right here, he's saying to his disciples in John 13, he's saying, this is what love is. Love one another. When Jesus went to the cross, Jesus was showing them what love was. He says, love requires sacrifice. Real love requires sacrifice. And here's the beauty of love, friends. This is our reputation rewind. This is the close. When we begin to love others, people will take notice. Our love will be recognized. That's the third R if you're writing things down. Our love will be recognized. And, and, it's not, and it's not as if we do things to be recognized. That's not what happens. We don't love people. I'm really loving them so they know I'm a Christian. It's not in, nothing to do with that. But the byproduct of our love is that we will be recognized and Christ will be glorified. I'm just, I'll close and I'll tell you guys a story. It's just, it's just a simple story, but I just want to illustrate what I'm saying here. I was at Good Earth. Uh, we get our coffee from Good Earth. Anyone get coffee this morning? Come on. We love Good Earth. We love the people there. Um, I was hanging out there a few weeks back, and I was just working, and it was super packed. And luckily, I got there, and I was there by myself, and I got one of those tables with four seats. And it was prime time because the place was absolutely packed. And uh, I was sitting there working, and then all of a sudden, I see this man and this woman. They order coffee first without having a seat, which is a cardinal mistake. And so they're holding this coffee, and they're just walking back and forth, like looking for seats. And at that time, like, I, and I, I go there quite often, I was like, they ain't finding the seat. There was one little bar seat that was kind of open. And so I'm sitting there doing my work, writing my sermon, sucks to be them. Like I'm working on the word of God and don't know where my heart was. But then the Lord, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and he just said, hey, give them your seat. I was like, no. He said, give them your seat. So as these guys are on lap like three, I take my headphone out. I was like, hey, I was like, do you guys want to sit here? I was like, I'm by myself. I'll go to the bar over there. There's one seat at the bar. And she's like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And I was like, yeah, no, for sure. Just take my seat. I was like, I'll go over there. And she said something that stuck with me. She said, you know what? She's like, there's actually, and she's from, she was from somewhere else. She said, there's actually good people still left in the city. She's like, there's actually good people still left in the city. And I was like, I, I'm just moving my seat. And I thought the conversation was done. And she said something. She said, well, are you a student? Because like, who else goes to coffee shops with backpacks? pastors without an office she's like are you a student and I was like I was like no I'm actually a pastor here in St. Albert and she said something to me and again I'm not doing this to toot my own horn I'm just showing you what happens when we love people she said huh maybe that's why you're so nice you see what happened I didn't get any glory but God got the glory you see when we love people when we love other people it can actually change lives Friends, Kingdom Church, we have a huge vision for this place as people would see Jesus, experience his goodness. You know where it starts? It starts with each and every one of us loving people.
we do that, chains will break and people will come to know his goodness and his grace. Let's just stand, church, as we close. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. We hope that message encouraged and inspired you. Uh, We just want to real quick let you know that we want to hear from you. We want to connect with you. If you've been listening to us online, head over to our website, kingdomchurch.ca, and connect with us. We'd love to get in contact with you, and we will respond to you as soon as we can. We can't wait to see you. Take care.